Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 103 of How I Built It. Today, I'm talking to Daniel Espinoza, and he does a whole lot of stuff. He uh, creates in-depth and really big e-commerce websites for clients. He sells his own plugins and a lot more. He's also a family man, which we'll talk about. And I really appreciate all of the advice that Daniel was able to give us in this episode. Uh, He talks about things like building a lifestyle business, which is something that I'm trying to do. I want to balance life and family and running my own business. I don't want to be married to my job. So I'm trying to build a business that supports the kind of life I want to lead. Uh, And and he talks a lot about that too. Uh, He also offers uh, really good advice about just launching and a whole bunch of other things. So again, I'm really excited about this episode. I'm glad that Daniel was able to give me some of his time and advice because I feel like we are in very, uh, he's maybe like a couple years ahead of the current situation that I'm in. And to look into the future a little bit was very valuable for me. So we'll get into all of that in a minute. I do want to tell you that this episode is sponsored by Pantheon and by Creator Courses. And so On the day this episode comes out, uh, we are looking at about a week until WordPress 5.0 and Gutenberg. So maybe it's already out as you listen to this. Uh, There's a lot of concern around what that means for developers and for our clients and how we need to handle upgrades. And I have a lot of courses available around that subject. So I have a course that just shows you how to use Gutenberg if you're a user and you're just curious how the interface is going to change. And that's very affordable. If you're a freelancer, I include that course in my Gutenberg for Freelancers course, but you will also learn how to work with your clients and create an upgrade plan and communicate these changes to them. So there's that too. And then if you're a theme developer, there's a theming for Gutenberg course that I developed with my friend Zach Gordon. So you can find all of those over at creatorcourses.com slash Gutenberg, and you can get a special discount by using the coupon code BUILDIT at checkout. So go ahead and check those out over at creatorcourses.com slash Gutenberg. You'll hear about Pantheon later on in the show. So for now, let's get started. Daniel, how are you today? I'm doing great, Joe. I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Awesome. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, Daniel and I... uh, we we hung out around each other like we have very similar circles um and uh we kind of got in touch because i was checking out one of his plugins uh and then we got to talking about building essentially a a lifestyle business that's kind of what we're talking about today right yeah definitely is huh nice nice so um why don't we start off with uh, a little bit about who you are and what you do great so um my name is Daniel Espinosa, and I work online mostly in the WooCommerce space. Uh, so I have two businesses. One is Grow Development, which is a um, WooCommerce agency that focuses on uh, mostly recently it's subscription sites. So I help large subscription sites um, fine tune their uh, their business. You know, making sure that that subscriptions happen correctly and on time, and they can do reporting. They can add functionality. Um, that everything is you know the wheels keep turning on these large subscription businesses. Um, I also support um, all of ConvertKit's WordPress plugins. 
Um, and then I also have a, so they're another big client. And then I also have a um, more traditional WordPress plugin marketplace that came out of a previous life of being a, a, a WooThemes employee, a plugin developer, really since since before WooCommerce was WooCommerce. You know, I built for built for Jigo Shop uh, back in the day, and w- went through that transition of becoming WooCommerce and building plugins. And when AD had his summer of code, where they wanted to get as many plugins written for a fledgling WooCommerce as possible, I helped. I think I built like four or five payment gateways that summer. And so, so from wow. that now, um, just really focusing on on store owners who do subscriptions and um, you know helping them with their with their challenges and so um, but really the the many hats is, is a real thing and I have sort of an inside joke with some some slack buddies of mine that I'm constantly switching hats throughout the day from support tickets to a client meeting to writing code to figuring out what's next for the agency to doing marketing and making videos and pot and um, blog posts so um, but it's really, it's really fun. You know, all of it's interesting work. Um, I do it from a spare bedroom in my house. So, um, it's, it's stuff that I've chosen to do and I really like doing. Yeah, that's, that's really fantastic. And so, uh, we were, we were talking a little bit, um, before we started recording about the reasons why you decided to get into this, this kind of line of work. Uh, and you mentioned start with why. Uh, which is one of my favorite books. I think it's excellent. I'll link it in the show notes, uh, but it's one I often recommend. Um, can you can you maybe talk about like uh, how reading that book kind of changed your perspective on running a business? I know that's like a very like like Terry Gross NPR kind of question, but I think it's a, <laughs> a really good one to ask. No, yeah, definitely. So it happened, uh, I read the book in, I think, 2014, 2015. And... Um, the I started my business size. I before working online, I worked at a at a bank in an IT department. So think khakis and business casual and cubicles. And then my wife um, had our first child, and she started staying uh, staying home to care for for our daughter. And I was and that's around the time in the late two thousands when freelance switch was going on, and yeah. and four hour work week came out, and um, and and theme force was getting started. Like a lot of talk was happening about becoming a freelancer. So I. I I was, I thought, you know, I can code, I can do this. And I threw a couple of, of opportune, uh, meetings. Um, I got a first client and then I quit my job totally full of, um, you know, stars and dollar signs in my eyes. And this was 2018. What else happened in 2018? <laughs> I mean, excuse me, in 2008, in 2008. Yeah. So yeah, so that was the, you know, whatever the, the market crash of real estate and yep. stuff. And so, um, but I survived that. It was fine. So, but when I read Start with Why, it really fine tuned the reason and brought back the reason that I had started working for myself. And it was I didn't want to be stuck at a code at a code deployment for a bank over a weekend, literally staying there 24 hours because these are ATMs. You know, they're deploying code to. I didn't want to be stuck there if I didn't. You know, if it wasn't my choice, just because I was a sort of ancillary part of this large team and I wanted to be with my family. I wanted to be with people, you know, people I love doing things that I like. And so enabling this lifestyle of a freedom of location, freedom of choice, just freedom of choosing things that, that I want to do as opposed to having them put on me. So, um, that's what it was all about. And that my, my why 
Um, um, I think I succinctly put into a, a, a sentence on my blog on a blog post was like my why is to um, spend as much time, you know, to run a business that allows me to spend as much time with my family, um, traveling the world and uh, doing work that I love. And so I've I've reached that point and gotten to, um, you know, do cool things online, hang out with my family. My, my kids are homeschooled. And that's a decision that came from wanting to travel. Um, but really, we haven't traveled a lot in last couple of years, but we've kept that decision because it totally fits the why also like we don't want to wake up at 6 a.m. to an alarm clock to get the kids to school. Um, we, and we love teaching them, um, you know, doing homeschool type stuff. And the business is what the businesses are, what help that to happen. They they're the they're the you know, they pay the checks they pay, they write the checks for our lifestyle. So that's that's fantastic. And, and you and I have very similar reasoning, I think, because uh, I was working at an agency before. I went out on my own about a year or so ago uh, and my, the birth of my daughter was the impetus of that. You know, I was like, you know, I, uh, the agency life was a good single lifestyle cause I loved staying up super late and writing code and things in that. But, um, now I want to spend time with my kids. So, yeah, um, they're cute, right? You don't want to yeah. leave them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm very fortunate, much like you that, you know, we have a babysitter who is here. I work from home. And so at lunchtime or if I'm like not doing anything, I'll just go downstairs and say hi to the kiddo and, you know, spend a few minutes with her. So, um, yeah, very fortunate in that sense. But uh, I, I also like that reasoning because I think a lot of people um, start a business thinking like this is the best way to get rich. And, and perhaps it is. I mean, you know, the, we talk about the, the hockey stick growth, right, where it's mm-hmm. like low, low, low and then high. But um I don't, I don't have any, uh, delusions of grandeur that I'm going to be like a multimillionaire because I'm not, I'm not working, you know, 16 hour. I'm not doing the Gary V lifestyle, you know? Oh gosh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm working the eight to 10 hours a day, uh, and then spending as much time as I can with my family. Um, so, uh, so I love that. And I, I just wanted you to say it on, on the show. Yeah, um, totally. So you also mentioned, uh, so you've essentially niched down to subscription sites uh, and you manage these plugins. Right. Uh, when we talk about, I always, uh, I always like to ask, you know, what kind of research did you do in, in either developing a plugin or making the decision? And, and I think that um, I want to target that at your decision to do subscription sites because I know that... Um, they can be very, uh, there's a lot of moving parts to subscription sites and it's incredibly important to have somebody who understands them really well. Um, so what was your decision-making process with that? So the, the sort of four year ago, um, time, I think when you and I are probably networking around each other, Mm -hmm. um, I haven't been to a WordCamp in probably over a year. Um, the last one was local San Antonio, um, maybe last 18 months ago, I went to Atlanta, but I've sort of stopped doing that. But previously I was, I was traveling for a lot of WordCamps and, um, going to events like, uh, um, uh, what was it? Oh gosh, (laughs) I'm totally right. Totally right. back in the, um, uh, Woo conferences and um, like WooCon Pressnomics. No, Pressnomics. Thank you. Gosh, yeah. totally, totally blanked out on that. Um, so and 
through that, I met a lot of great people and I, I don't, uh, I don't look down on doing that. It's a really great way to build your network and connect with people that are fun and, and building this economy, this WordPress economy. Um, but I sort of backed off on that. So through that, I got a lot of referrals for WordPress work and for WooCommerce work, for building plugins, for um, building sites. Um, I don't do themes because I'm just not a front end guy and I'm, I'm okay with that in my soul. Like I'm, I have come <laughs> to terms with that. Um, but the projects that would, the project, it's sort of, they chose me, you know, the projects that kept coming back were these subscription sites and understanding, um, uh, the ins and outs of the WooCommerce subscriptions plugin built by Prospress. And it's a, that code base is a level of difficulty or a level of challenge that is above and beyond sort of a normal um, WooCommerce site. It's a whole ecosystem unto itself um, on top of WooCommerce, on top of WordPress. And so being able to say, yeah, I can do what you're looking for, for, you know, doing some custom scheduling or whatever the, the business is wanting. I can do that fairly quickly and for a good price. Um, people like that. And subscriptions folks, you, you know, they have sort of the holy grail of recurring revenue and they can forecast out months of what their money will be. They, they just have more, more money, more, um, more wiggle room to keep someone, a developer like myself or, um, an agency on, on staff to, handle the problems that they're having. It's not a one and done type project. And so I really liked that aspect and I like building the relationship with the store owner because they get to go off and focus on their product. They get to focus on their marketing and we keep, we keep the site running smoothly. And when they come to us and they're like, okay, we're ready to add a wish list functionality or we're, we're ready to add a refer a friend functionality. Um, I can say, okay, here's, here's our options on the pre-built plugin uh, landscape. And then here's, if we put some custom, some code in this is what it would look like and then they make their choice and boom we're off so um it's just a different dynamic than a than someone coming in the door and saying i want this site built and they have sort of have a price built in their head that they're looking for you know that sort of ten dollars an hour type of thing right. um and then educating that person into a project and then serving them through the project and then sort of trying to do a follow-up um it's a whole different thing. Like we have, we have a weekly call with the site owner. Um, we have ongoing conversations. They mention something we take note of and a month later we'll, we'll bring it back and they'll say, Oh yeah, we, I did want to work on that. We have a lull in, in other things. Let's work on that project now. So it's, um, it's an ongoing relationship and it really suits my personality well to have, uh, to have those instead of the, um, just sort of revolving door of projects. And so it, it, when I said it chose me, it was just, I had a couple of these. And so now this is what I look for. Um, and we have several, several sites that we serve and I know what, I know who they are and sort of what their business model looks like. So if somebody comes in looking for a theme, I say, I'm glad you came. I'm really, it's really nice to meet you, but you're going to be better served going over here. Today's episode is brought to you by Pantheon. WordPress 5.0 and the new editor, Gutenberg, are coming. Are you prepared? Do you want to learn about the changes in advance? Pantheon has gathered resources to help you prepare, including webinars and tutorials. Pantheon also has made it easy and free to try Gutenberg with your site before the official launch. Visit pantheon.io slash Gutenberg. Let them know that How I Built It sent you. And now, back to the show. You know, something you said about like the $10 an hour website, people running subscription sites can immediately see the value in your work, right? 
Yeah, um, definitely. If I'm making a brochure site for somebody, it's hard to attach direct dollars to a brochure site, right? Because you say, oh, how many people are going to use the contact form and then how many of those people are going to become paying customers? But, um, oh, you built me a subscription thing and now I'm making, you know, even $1,000 in monthly recurring revenue. Great. I, I now know how valuable you are to me. Yeah, You're definitely. at least $12,000 a year valuable. Yeah, and, um, and if our fees yeah. are a percentage of that, we can say, you know, like with a, with a current site we have, like our fees, I can see are less than 10% of their monthly revenues. So yeah. I, can, I can say, all right, for that same amount of, you know, for that same fee structure, we can grow your monthly revenue so that we become an even smaller percentage of, you know, a smaller expense for your company um, and sort of build on top of that. We know we know what how we built your site. We know how what's where the problem points are. We can optimize your checkout. We can speed up certain pages. We can um, fix your 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 subscription renewals to run faster and take up less processing time, like all of these things. So, and it comes from a really intimate knowledge of the site and the code and how it's built. Yeah, that's, that's brilliant. And, and, you know, on that same token, mentioning percentages and stuff like that, I've had, I've like quoted out e-commerce websites. Somebody was like, Oh yeah, we're going to have, I think he said 30,000 products on the website. And it was like just pulling like stuff from various APIs and I think I quoted him at like $20,000 or something. Mm-hmm. And he was like, that's a lot of money. And I'm like, that's less than a dollar a product. Like yeah. that's, <laughs> that's less than a, that's like a buck 50 a pro- or uh, that's like 75 cents a product or something like that. Yeah. So, and um, you, yeah. You know what's yeah. funny about that? I was going through my, my email f- from a decade ago when I started out and I started out yeah. building e-commerce sites and my email had hit sort of my Gmail has hit the threshold where it was like at 80%. So I was like, well, this is ridiculous. Let me remove what is taking up this space. So yeah. I did a search for anything over five meg. And back in 2008, 2009, 2010, I was getting emailed these Photoshop files for these e-commerce sites that were like, I was building out the theme for. Right. And I just had this string of emails of this site's PSD, this site PSD. And I was talking to my wife and I was like, I have so many of these files. And she said, are any of those sites still online? And I said, you know, I, I don't think they are. And I searched for a couple and they're definitely offline. And so that's sort of the, also the difference. Like I felt bad, like so much money and effort was put into the design of the site before it launched and then it launched. And then how much effort was put into the building, the customer base, the marketing, the sort of long-term sustainability of the business. So that sort of, I'm, I grieved a little bit for that. Like I'm, I'm sorry that they didn't make it, but the, my customers now are, have have revenue. They have right. a marketing plan. They have product market fit. They have all those buzzwords, right? So they're they're making money. So I'm I'm glad to be part of that and help push that along and you know make it make it even bigger for them. So yeah, wow, that's that's really fantastic. So uh, I I'm really kind of enjoying this line of thinking. So uh, maybe and I didn't prep you for this, but uh, <laughs> you know for the title question, how did you build it? Maybe we could talk about. Things that you need to think about when building a subscription site. Would that be cool? Yeah, definitely. Awesome. So yeah. So, okay, let's take just random subscription site. How did you build it? Yeah. So the, the stack that I mentioned, the WordPress, WooCommerce, WooCommerce subscriptions, um, you know, the cost is only for WooCommerce subscriptions uh, on that soft, on the plugin side, um, just straight out of the box. You know, you can set that up. Um, and I think WooCommerce subscriptions is maybe $100, $199 um, for a year's, uh, a year of uh, license. 
you can set that up, um, put a put a product on there that will recur monthly for whatever cost, $25, $49, whatever, and then start marketing that, you know, day one. Um, if there's something that you or, you know, if it's a if it's a membership access to a membership site or to a um, uh, a newsletter or something like that, you could, that that's all it takes. You're and you're in the door after that. Then you can start if you're if you're shipping a product, then you then you have costs with fulfillment and actual production and cost of goods. Um, then, you know, that goes from there. But really just having some a website that will handle subscriptions for you, that, that's it's really low, um, low barrier to entry. Nice. Very nice. And uh, are there uh, any particular themes that you like to work with or are they generally custom developed themes? They are usually a child theme of storefront, which is built by the WooCommerce team. Um, And then I have a couple of custom built themes. Um, I would really advise against custom built themes because they're a pain for future developers to maintain. Um, You know, um, on my sites, I use array themes um, and then on, and then storefront for, for other stuff. So um, shop plugins, we're switching. We started with um, a theme force theme from, uh, I believe, Astoundify. And then mm-hmm. we were switching over to Array Themes Checkout because it works really well with EDD. Um, and yes, we are a WooCommerce plugin developer selling on EDD, which may sound funny, <laughs> but when we started shop plugins in 2014, it was the best solution for handling software licenses and you know a lot of the stuff that like um, freemium freemius and some of the other solutions that exist now just didn't exist back then so um and edd is still going strong so we're, we're glad to be and we sold edd plugins previously in, in a previous life but um edd is still going strong and that's still what we ha- what we built that site with nice very nice yeah i'm a big fan of the the folks over at edd and um I actually just interviewed uh, Vova Feldman recently about nice. Premius. So um, it's a great product. Yeah, I built yeah. it. I built it into a plugin for a client. It's it works really well, um, and all the features that he can he can focus on just adding features to that. Yeah, that integration and it, and it's really taken off. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm thinking about selling a few of my own plugins, and I'm seriously considering Freemius because that's not the main focus of my business. Building online courses is, uh, and I would much rather. I'm happy to give them a higher percentage if I don't have to worry about anything, right? Um, yeah, it's true. I think developers can easily fall into the trap of, well, I can build this, so I'm going to build it myself. But uh, I think I've matured in the last few years. Maybe having a kid has helped. Like, I don't have time to do any, like all of this stuff all the time. So That's right. Um, the other question I wanted to ask about the subscriptions, and this is a question that I personally get a lot when I'm like coaching freelancers or something like that, um, is... Who pays for the WooCommerce subscriptions plugin? Do you have your client do that or do you pay for it and then pass on the cost to them? Uh, the client pays for everything. So they okay. hand, it's just a business expense for them. And WooCommerce.com has a great feature now where they can add, um, you can add another email address as a um, developer or an advocate or something. So oh, when I log wow. into WooCommerce.com, I have a little drop down that has all my clients in there and I can switch over to their account and pull new versions because um, we don't do automatic updates on sites. We have a workflow for, for pushing updates. Um, I can pull new versions of code there as that customer. So it's, it's a really great feature um, for managing multiple clients' um, downloads. So they pay for the license, but I get access. Wow, that's, that's truly fantastic because I've, I have uh, certainly run into that. Um, I had a client 
recently who was like, well, can you just, he was the designer for the site. So I was like two people removed from the client and he's like, can I just use your license? And I'm like, no, you cannot. <laughs> yeah, because you're gonna forget it's out there and then following right. up. I inherit yeah. I inherited a site or I had a, I had a customer come to me who was post launch, but they were hurting. They several of the things didn't work on the site. Um, it was a digital downloads uh, type marketplace, and um, they're still with me. You know, in September we 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 I rebuilt their whole Amazon. Um, AWS um, site uh, in Elastic Beanstalk, like it, it's it's humming now, like it's running really great. Um, but we had to track down all of the licenses that the developer had, and they weren't on a great relationship because there was you know outstanding payment and mm-hmm. and promises that weren't kept, and you know just all that. So they just ended up they didn't care. They wanted to move forward. They just cut clean, and then I had them repurchase what we needed um, through WooCommerce and just give me access. And then I, I always tell them, you own everything. Thing. It's your AWS account. It's your licenses. It's your uh, Mailchimp account or whatever. Like I'm integrating, and then I leave. You know, a, I have a document that lists what integrations are on it, and you. But you have all the keys to the kingdom. Like it's it's your site. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like, and that's what I said to him. I'm like, what if I disappear one day? You yeah. know, then you're out of luck. What if the client decides they don't want this anymore? Then my, but don't tell anybody. You know, there's. It's much better for the client to own things. It um, is, yeah. So uh, on that same token, I, I think I want to get philosophical again, which is not characteristic of me on the show. <laughs> but um, I, you mentioned, uh, you know, I mean, we're talking about having the client buy all of the licenses and generally they're going to have one site, right? So, uh, but a lot of the, the licensing for plugins and you sell plugins, uh, so maybe your licensing is the same way is based on the number of sites used where it's like one site, five site, unlimited sites. Um, what, how do you feel about that kind of pricing? Do you think uh, we're evolving out of that type of pricing because I feel more people are encouraging the clients or do you think that the developer license is still like a very valuable thing for a lot of people? I think the developer license is valuable. Um, so on shop plugins, I don't have the feature of sharing licenses with your developer. Um, if if someone bought a plugin on shop plugins and they wanted to share it with a developer, they'd have to share credentials, so login information. Um, and we just we don't get a lot of requests for that feature, so we're not going to build it. Um, so, but we get a lot of purchases for our, so we have a, uh, one site license, which might be $49. And then we have a, a two to five site license, um, that is, is made possible through, um, the software licenses plugin from EDD. So we implemented it, um, and which is a, a it's, I think it's like a certain percentage higher than the, the, it's like 89. So maybe not, it's not twice as much, but, mm-hmm. um, but it's a little bit less sort of incentivized buying the higher price point and getting the extra licenses. And we have a lot of, per, a lot of clients or excuse me, a lot of customers buying plugins who are agencies. So they're, and I don't know what the numbers are off the top of my head, but they are using it on multiple sites. So there definitely is a, a use case for that. And they're managing that plugin for on multiple projects. Um, 
it's it's there. It's up to them. You know, it's on them mm-hmm. to maintain those licenses. Um, I've had some support requests come in saying I inherited this site. Um, we think we have a license, but we're not sure. And I'll just do some some searching and find the site and find the old invoice and say, yeah, it was this person. Can you tell me their name? And they're like, yeah, it's this person. You know, this designer um, who's the previous previously worked on it. I can line it up. I'm you know I'm small enough to where I can do that type of legwork and then grant them the rest of that license or they just buy another one and they're okay with that so today's episode is brought to you by pantheon wordpress 5.0 and the new editor gutenberg are coming are you prepared do you want to learn about the changes in advance pantheon has gathered resources to help you prepare including webinars and tutorials pantheon also has made it easy and free to try Gutenberg with your site before the official launch. Visit pantheon.io slash Gutenberg. Let them know that How I Built It sent you. And now, back to the show. As we're kind of approaching the end of the show here, uh, I do want to ask about kind of the line that you're straddling, right? We mentioned that you you, you wear a lot of hats. Um, and one thing that I feel like the biggest barrier for me, personally entering into the plug-in product market is the fear of I'm just going to get slammed with support requests all the time. Um, so like, how do you, how do you manage that? You do seemingly very high level, uh, you, you have like some high profile clients here. Um, so how do you manage that with managing your, uh, your shop plugins website? So lately the, um, I've come to grips again, <laughs> a little bit of a reflection time. No, come to grips with shop plugins is a side side business. Um, just straight up revenue, grow development is the main is the main focus with time. You know, you know. Uh, I think Dave Ramsey or other like other money people have talked about like if you want to know where your priorities are, look at your checkbook. Um, and so my priority with sort of what's paying me, what's uh, supporting our family is is grow development, and so. Um, shop plugins is doing okay and it's doing, it still makes money every month. It's still growing. Um, but it gets a a smaller percentage of my time, um, because it is a side business. Uh, having said that this past couple of months I've had, um, I've integrated my, my contractor team of developers into building stuff for shop plugins. Um, one of the plugins we just launched was built, uh, 90% by one of my contractors. And, and so he would write code, I'd review, um, we'd have a workflow going, um, I do design, he would, he would integrate that. And so, uh, and then we launched. And so the, that has been different in that it's a it's a shop plugin plugin, but it's built by a team um, instead of just nice. one person. So um, the you know your original question of you know how how to straddle that it's really it, it gets the time it needs one um, if you if you launch a plugin and you're inundated by support requests that's a good thing <laughs> because <laughs> the very what's the worst thing that's going to happen they want a refund I just gave a refund right before we got on air it's not that big of a deal get over it there will be another customer and if you ref, you know the, if you refund somebody um, 
you know, you know, Hey, things, things, things don't work out. You're in your, you know, 14, we have a 14 day return policy. We used to have 30 for the longest time, but really 14 days is enough time to install it and see if it works for you. Um, and I don't have people usually request after the window. So they were inside of the window. Um, they tried it. It didn't work. It was a, it was our PDF watermark plugin. They were trying to do some type of secure PDF that our plugin couldn't watermark. And I'm like, Hey, Mm -hmm. it's no problem. You're on a tight deadline. I don't have time to look into this today. I'm going to go ahead and refund you. Thanks for being a customer. I hope to see you again. You know, they might come back. They might not. It's not that big of a deal. Um, but I'm not going to sink in a lot of time looking into this very specific secure PDF format because it's the only person that's asked me about it. If I get 10 more, then, Hey, that's, that's a big, that's a big blinking light that maybe we should fix. But, um, Mostly, we don't really get slammed with support requests. Maybe a couple a day. So, uh, and those are those are enough to be handled, sort of in the slack time after. Because um, I have one client that takes up pretty much all of my daytime hours, <laughs> and then, um, <laughs> like you're mentioning, working like eight to ten hours. Like they take all of my time, and then after that is when I do project management, um, code reviews, support requests, um, that that type of stuff. So um, it's on a it's on a lesser it's on a tired brain that some of these support requests get looked at, and you know some of them I can I can fix and build in you know add a feature to help support them, like supporting P- the PDF invoices plugin, like doing some, it's eventually going to help the plugin sell better if it has a better integration. But, um, but those one off, does it work with this? No. Well, then I want to refund. That's fine. Go about your day. It's, it's, it's totally fine. Um, but yes, being, if you were, if you do launch your plugins, Joe, and you do get inundated with support requests, that's a good thing. Cause it means you got a lot of sales. So yeah, that's nice. a good place that to be. Is- that's awesome. That's the pull quote for this episode. I love it. Um, cool. Well, with the last few minutes we have, uh, I do want to ask you uh, two questions. What are your plans for the future? And do you have any trade secrets for us? Haha. <laughs> um, so plans for the future, um, continue serving subscriptions, clients for grow development, um, ship a couple more plugins at shop plugins. We have, we have three in the queue that are waiting on me to review and to do the marketing copy for to get them launched. Um, and the trade secret is actually related to that. Um, the trade secret is just freaking launch, like get your stuff out there because there's, there's two things that are going to happen that you really need. One is um, Google's going to index it, and that indexing will pay off. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but maybe in 12 months. Um, we saw that with shop plugins. We would launch a plugin. We launched in February 2015, and we saw when plugins got indexed, and then we saw a a six month window to when after we launched them that we started getting more organic traffic and sales to that plugin. It's like it was. It was there. Like you could see, like when we put the landing page up and when traffic started flowing because we, we dialed in the, the marketing copy or whatever to get sales. Um, so get, you know, your net, that's not going to happen. That process isn't going to start until you put the, the, if you, until you hit publish. So hit publish. Um, and then the other one, um, other thing related to that is you'll get feedback from people to ask questions on, you know, well, it does that, but does it do this? And if you start stacking up those, that customer feedback from people who are actually looking to spend money on your product, then that's, that's valuable. That's gold. You can, you can, you can assimilate that into your process, maybe change your features, maybe tweak your marketing copy. And then it sort of doubles down on itself. It compounds on, you know, more people looking for the same thing are finding your product. They're, they're buying it, you know, 
so on and so forth. So just just publish your stuff and get it out there and start talking about it and having a dialogue. Don't do it in a vacuum. Oh, that's great. That's uh, I I've come into some extra time this week, so maybe I will launch my first plugin. This do week. it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Daniel, thank you so much for your time. Where can people find you? Awesome. You're welcome, Joe. I'm glad to be here. Um, you can find me online at uh, my website is daniel.gd. And uh, it's just the it's it's just G and just D. Everyone tries to add a .com or dot .something onto it. I'm like, no, it's it's top-level domain for Grenada, but whatever. It's uh, It was the <laughs> shortest Daniel domain I could find. And then most places I'm at GrowDev, so short for Grow Development, but Twitter and uh, Twitter, Instagram, and um YouTube, I'm at GrowDev. So. Awesome. I will be sure to link all of that in the show notes. Once again, Daniel, thank you so much for your time. Awesome advice. And thanks for getting a little bit uh, philosophical with me today. Anytime, Joe. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much to Daniel for joining me today. I really appreciate everything that he offered from the just freaking launch to the advice that if you are inundated with support requests, that's a good thing, right? It means that people are buying your plugin and that's rarely a bad thing. So uh, thank you again to Daniel and thank you to our sponsors, Creator Courses and Pantheon. They are both putting out really great resources for Gutenberg and the impending WordPress 5.0 launch. So my question of the week for you is... Why haven't you launched your plugin yet? Are you thinking about selling a plugin? Uh, and, and what are the stumbling blocks? I have a bunch that I haven't sold yet. Maybe uh, because of this episode, I will. You know, once I have a little bit of downtime to build up the shop or uh, create a simple checkout process. But anyway, what is keeping you from launching your first premium plugin? Let me know at joe at howibuilt.it or on Twitter at jcasabona. You can also head over to the How I Built It Facebook group and discuss these things with other listeners. You can find that over at howibuilt.it slash Facebook. If you liked this episode and are enjoying the show, you can go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. It helps people discover the show. And the show has seen great growth over this last year. And I want to see that continued now and into 2019. For all of the show notes, you can go to howibuilt.it slash 103. And once again, thank you so much for joining me. Until next time, get out there and build something. <laughs>